We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have free agent moves. We also have trades all on episode 175 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 175 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my main guy as always, Malcolm, Mr. Hart. How you doing my man? Woo! I'm glad I'm getting some respect around here. Some respect. Mr. Mr. Hart. <laughs> I'm getting some respect. That's what I'm talking about, man. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Free agency been crazy. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm I'm, I'm hyped, kinda. Um, yeah, free agency. Let's go, man. New year, new NFL year, man. New regime. Everything new here. I love it. Um, no peer with us today. Peer's actually in the hometown. Well, not hometown, but the current city of Mister Hart right now, Malcolm. Because Mal- oh, Malcolm's oh, hometown is New one. York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my hometown is New York, but yeah, the current the current home of the great one. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, no, no peer with us today. I don't know what he's doing over there in Miami, but uh. yeah, he, he's part. He's partying right now. But you know, I told him I can't party today. So you know, I'll meet up with Pierre tomorrow, or maybe someday, sometime over the weekend. Okay. We're gonna hang out and chill out. What's up? Okay, but before we do that, we gotta talk some Lions football, obviously. And Malcolm well, canceled plans so he could do this podcast with us because he didn't want to leave me solo. So, no, you know, I gonna do that. I respect it. I respect it. All right, let's get right into it. So let's talk about the biggest move, and this is the move that got me really excited, and it kind of almost sealed the deal for me for free agency, and I was already satisfied. After the Lions got this this move done with, and they got it done very, very early in free agency, and that was the Lions signing tight end Josh Hill. No, that's not what the line, that's not the big move that got me excited unless it's sealed off. He said, no, I'm kidding. Well, um, the big move, Malcolm's going to be... I was about to say, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, thank God, sure, man. Significant news, but uh, oh my lord! No, not the big news I'm talking about. The big news I'm talking about that got me really excited, and we we touched on it on our last episode. It's the Lions bringing back Romeo Quara on a three-year deal with thirty-nine million dollars. Wow! Um, after last episode, we had a whole. 20 25 minute debate i said oh man we were gonna let romeo hit the open market we're gonna lose this guy this guy could be a staple part of our defense he's done he's not coming back to detroit little did i know brad holmes doesn't franchise tag him and i'm like okay whatever that sucks but brad holmes gets the job gets the job done he re-signs romeo core on a three-year deal and now we got a staple on this defensive line to build off and everything i said about last episode and how i was frustrated and it's invalid now. But everything I meant and what I was saying about Romeo Quart is now valid. He's a staple part of this defense. He's going to be there on this defense. He's a multiple-look uh, multiple defensive end. He could play some defensive end, some outside linebacker. But 
this is a staple part of your defense. A 25-year-old defensive end who gets the quarterback. I'm excited to see what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell could build around Romeo Quara now. Because now you got a very good defensive end. 25-year-old defensive end. you got him locked for three more years now. What are you going to do with him? Because we saw what he could do with not the best talent around him. We saw what he could do when you know he wasn't supported you know, nicely. What could Brad Holmes now do? What, Dan, what could Dan Campbell now do with Romeo Aquara? He got his baby brother, Julian Aquara. Let's see what Trey Flowers got. He got the whole draft to address. And we're going to get some other moves that they made in the offseason that also you know, dealt with the D-line. But a static move for me. I love them getting Romeo Aquara back and him kind of being the staple. And they got him at a very affordable contract. I was willing to give him the franchise tag and then try to work out a contract afterwards. But they got him at an affordable contract for the next three years. I love the move. I love the move. Malcolm, what's your thoughts on bringing back Aquara? I mean, shoot. I thought there was going to be a bidding war with him when he hit free agency. I didn't think we were going to get a chance to even get him back. But they got it done. It looks like Bud is thinking in water. And he, you know, he, he wanted to come to – he wanted to stay in Detroit. And I saw there was a, actually a tweet out there of him saying that um, when, when they drafted – Detroit drafted his brother, he knew that, you know, this is where he wanted to be. So I think, I think it was just a matter of, you know, of, of the number – and just getting him to sign. I think he knew this is where he wanted to be. So that's good, man. I mean, this is the fun part is going to be like, all right, where are they going to play him? I'm not sure exactly like what's going like. I know you guys are saying that we're going to run a lot of the same scheme as the the Rams. But are they going to run it like a traditional 3-4 and have him like an outside stand-up linebacker that's just going to rush the passer? It's it's possible. I mean, I think he's going to play a multiple position. I think he'll be the guy in the dirt as well. But I think he'll also be the guy that could play some outside linebacker, you know, be that jack linebacker, go back to coverage. I mean, he did that in you know the previous scheme as well with Patricia. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I assume a multiple look for Romeo Quara as well in this scheme with Aaron Glenn. I mean, I know you just I said the word multiple and you gave me that look. but <laughs> yeah. It kind of scared me, but. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what this defense you know, ends up really looking like schematically um, with Aaron Glenn because this is obviously his first time ever being a defensive coordinator. And, you know, your head coach is not even a defensive guy. He's an offensive guy, and he's, he's never been even an X and O's guy. So it's really going to be on Aaron Glenn and the staff you know, that they establish and what they're going to build on defense. From what I've heard and from what it looks like it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be that 3-4-ish look. It's going to be the Rams slash Saints-ish look. So uh, I would assume Romeo Quara is going to be used in multiple different ways, whether if that's you know at the outside linebacker spot being a stand-up guy or being the traditional defensive end, hands in the dirt. So I think we're going to see a multiple looks out of Romeo Quara this year. I'll be interesting, and they have both, both brothers, both Okoras, as the outside linebackers, and just have them both rushing the passer. I think it's very, yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, you might see some snaps. Okoras, the hands in the dirt, you know, defensive end, and then you got uh, Julian on the other side. He's the stand-up guy. I, I think we could definitely, you know, see those looks throughout the season, especially with Trey Flowers' injury history, like the last couple of years. I mean. It seems like he's almost bound to get hurt. And anything and, is possible. And that, these guys can get a true opportunity. And like you said, I mean, Romeo taking that that deal with Detroit, you're right. It was almost like he wanted to play with his brother. And today in the press conference, I was listening to the press conference with the Quara getting introduced. He brought he brought up a lot, just like, you know, being neighbors with, you know, his brother Julian and, you know, the Lions drafting him last year. It, it was just different. He's like, you know, you don't get that opportunity every day to play with your brother. He's like, when we were at Notre Dame, I, I, I don't even know if they crossed paths or if they did. It was maybe a one-year deal when, you know, Romeo was a senior and Julian was a freshman or something like that. So Julian wasn't even playing that much his freshman year. And then, you know, in 2020... They spent a lot of time together, obviously, Julian as a rookie, but he was, you know, hurry. He didn't really get to play as much as, you know, he wanted to. So I think Romeo wanted to salvage this moment. You know, I think he said he looked at this as like, I could still earn a bag and still earn a nice bag and play in a hometown that uh, play in a team that gave me a chance and play with my brother at the same time. I, I mean, I think it's just different. And I think that's why he didn't really look at the other market. That's what he said. He didn't really, you know, go out and like look at the market and even really start a bidding war because I think he knew. Deep down inside, like you said, 
Detroit was home, and he wanted to play with his brother. And he even lined up the contract perfectly with his brother. I don't know if you noticed that. They're both three-year deals. So their contract both ends at the same exact time. And even Romeo hinted that because Dave Burkett, I believe, asked. He's like, um, did you do that on purpose? Did you you know, line up your contract with Julian on purpose? And he goes, oh, maybe. And he, he was smirking. So he, that means he definitely did. So, <laughs> you know, you're right. That's smart, man. That's smart. So, yeah, ex- ex- excited. It's overall very good move for Detroit. I- I'm I'm excited because this is a guy that you could build around off. Because, you know, I think the consensus is going around in Detroit that their plan to compete and like compete for playoff spots again. And I know it sounds a bit of a reach right now because of what this roster looks like. But oh yes, the consensus right now and the plan right now for Campbell and for Holmes is around that 2023 season, which would make Romeo and Julian both on one-year contracts at that point. So I think by then, we should know what we really have. And if Detroit wants to continue to build around these guys, or if Detroit you know, wants to separate and maybe trade one of them and let one of them walk or let both of them walk and we'll you know, find different plans, Detroit now has this season and probably next season, 2022, to really see what they got in these guys and to see if these guys are staples and guys you could build around. I think both have the potential to be, you know, those guys. And even when Romeo is ready to cash out again and you know, that three years, he, he'll still be at that age where he could cash out another contract. Cause he didn't take a five or six year deal. He took a three year deal. So he still has the opportunity to cash out again. And I think Detroit, they get to see if they want to commit long, long term or another contract, I should say, with the both both the cars or at least Romeo uh, with that stand so we'll see. Yeah, and um, as Pierre would say, um, Pierre would say, see, this is why I didn't want to sign him <laughs> to a franchise. franchise. Act. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they and had to know, seventeen. I had a feeling Brad Holmes had to know something that Romeo's heart was in Detroit and that he wanted to stay. I think my my thought process is why I thought they should franchise tag him and just get him a guarantee in the building. I didn't know if Romeo would take this. I wouldn't necessarily call it a discount, but necessarily take a spot just or not even open up a bidding war to stay in Detroit just because of his brother. I didn't think that was a you know enough of of enough reason for that, but it seems like it was. So I think Brad Holmes had to know that you know, and that's why he didn't give him the franchise tag. And now you know he he could decide of how long he wants to keep Romeo Quara and like if he's really really part of this you know long term you know rebuild and if, is he going to be here when we're ready to compete so um yeah. i think that's the decision brad holmes got now and he, he gets a little like a rental for him for two years to see that and then by 23 you could decide romeo's part of the future or romeo's not part of the future and then you decide after that so i think that's what the point of the three-year deal was yeah i think i think it's great um so after that on midnight it looked like detroit really started to go to work um yeah with, with free agency, like they really, I guess they were like, let's wait to, let's wait for everybody to go take a nap, wait for all the thirty, uh, thirty-one other teams to go to sleep, and this is when we're going to strike. Oh, so they right. immediately went. After, they immediately went after running back Jamal um, Williams from Green Bay, right in our division. Mm-hmm. I know Pierre was a big um, fan of that pick. How did you feel? Oh yeah, I remember when we did our running backs episode. It was running back slash receivers. I said, there's three running backs I want to see in the system because I think they have a legitimate chance to be a good running back, too, and they've proved that they could be legitimate running back, twos in their current systems. And I think these three guys, one of these three guys, could be a perfect complement back for a DeAndre Swift. Let me tell you those three backs. Those three backs were Mike Davis from the Panthers, who obviously took over for Christian McCaffrey, missing the majority of the season, and he was really good. Marlon Mack was another one of those guys who's coming off an injury, resigned with the Colts, but he was another one of those guys that – he, he could be a starter when called upon. The third guy was Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is one of those guys, if Swift were to go out or Swift were to miss a couple games, Jamal Williams could immediately step in that role, take 20 to 25 snaps a game. And when you do have DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams is not one of those guys to command a bunch of snaps in the game. I mean, Jamal Williams could take about five, six carries in a game when you have a healthy Swift, and that's completely fine. That's his role. You got a very good running back, too, and a very serviceable running back, too, if needed upon to have a bigger role. One of those three guys were going to get one of those, you know, that's why I thought something Detroit had to do this offseason was get one of those three guys that had experience of being a starter before and taking multiple carries in a game because I didn't think Detroit had that guy on their roster after Swift. And now they, they assured themselves with the sure hand number two, with a guy who has potential to be number one in games 
when called upon. So I, I really like the deal with Jamal Williams. He got him on a two-year basis deal. I mean, this is a guy that could take multiple carries in the game, or this guy could be a guy that takes six carries in the game, and he knows his role, and he's going to still be the same product. He's not one of those guys where he needs a bunch of snaps to get going. He's not your Adrian Peterson where, you know, AP, AP maybe needs 10, 15, you know, carries to get going and, and get him, you know, getting hot because that's AP's role. He's, he's known to be, you know, that 1A back and just getting multiple carries. Jamal Williams is not that type of guy, and he'll never be that type of guy, and that's completely fine. That's his role in Detroit. I think being a compliment back with DeAndre Swift, you know, maybe Jamal Williams gets some red zone snaps because that's what he did a lot in Green Bay when Aaron Jones, uh, I mean, Aaron Jones would get him down the field, you know, usually, and then Jamal Williams would be the guy to cash out. So I'm interested to see now with Jamal Williams and Swift, but I'm glad Detroit got one of the three backs that I really wanted this offseason and that they didn't have to address it in the draft. They got it done in free agency and you got him done on a two-year deal. But what's your thoughts on, you know, bringing Jamal Williams in? It, I, I like it. I mean, like you said, man, he's an experienced guy, and he can definitely be that number two. He could come in if, if needed to get 20 carries if needed if something were to happen to Swift. So that's good, man. Now it just kind of kind of reads a question mark for me is, okay, now they bring in um, Williams. wonder what's going to happen with carry-on. I wonder what his role is going to be. Is he even going to be – on the team is like is he in danger of, of not being on the team is, is what i'm thinking about right now so i'm just a little worried about Carrion. you know i, I love carry on even though that he didn't really provide much production i, I just look at carry on most unselfish player in the nfl that, that's the way i look at carry on like if, if i had to describe carry on is that uh, yeah I, i'll say carry on is the most unselfish player in the nfl like he he took his role as being a blocker and never complained once about it which is you know, most. I mean, you tell that to a young young back, and they'll they'll be hot, they'll be mad, they'll be frustrated, and wondering like, why am I getting carries? Um, I'm a second second round run second round you know second round running back. Then why am I getting carries? You know, so he took his role. You know, he never complained once, and he just he just seemed like you know that carry on is just the ultimate team player. So I like carry on a lot. You know, and no matter what happens to him, you know, I wish him the best. You know, I'm hoping that he's still on this team. But yeah, this 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 pick kind of raised a question mark: is is, is Carry On going to still be here? What what do you think about Carry On? Do you think Carry On's going to be here next year or? Like, I mean, I remember when we talked about this in our running back episode. I didn't trust Carry On to be that running back two behind DeAndre Swift. I didn't trust Carry On to be that guy to take multiple carries if Swift were to miss a game or two because I he just can't be trusted, especially with the injury history. Now, if this is Carrion's role, if Carrion's role is like it was last year, and this just to be that you know third down running back, you know being in passing situations, you know maybe getting a carry or two in a game, or even zero carries potentially in some games, and only gets a couple of snaps in the game. I mean, I'm completely fine with that because at the end of the day, you need guys who could block for you, and that's exactly what Carrion is because he's an extent of the offensive line. If he's completely fine with that role, and you know, like you said, he kind of embraced the role and it was fine by that, but. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, if if that's his role, I'm fine with it. But I think now assuring Jamal Williams it eliminates, you know, him being that running back too. But I, I wouldn't be shocked regardless either way if he if he's part of this, you know, this team or or if he isn't. It's just it's it's really going to come down to, um, you know, if the Lions value him and if he could be that running back three, which I think he is. Because I remember when we did our running backs episode again, I remember you were bringing up running back threes so Carrion could be the RB2. And now they got one of those RB2s, and it's, it's established. And we got some breaking news right now, actually. Detroit just signed somebody right now. Like, right now. So... Wait, 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 wait. They signed somebody right now? We got some breaking news on the pod. Not a, not a sexy signing, but it's another former Packer. Uh, former Packers quarterback Tim Boyle has been signed to the Detroit Lions backup quarterback. What? <laughs> we, 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 we have signed Tim Boyle. I don't know the contract logistics yet, but... Oh, it's a one-year one deal worth $2.5 million. $1 million signing bonus. 1.5 is total guaranteed in this contract. So Tim Boyle is now in the conversation... For a backup quarterback spot, potentially. What? 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 This is interesting. And I want to bring this up now. Um, stay, I'm, stay, I'm, 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 I'm puzzled. 
going away from going away from running backs, I want to talk about this quarterback spot now. And this is why I'm a little confused with this move. It's because I wanted this position to be addressed after the draft, if that makes sense. And I'm going to tell you why I wanted this position to be after, addressed after the draft. Whether or not Detroit drafts a quarterback or not, I want teams being like shook or spooked that Detroit could still draft a quarterback. And by signing Tim Boyle, by no means does that mean Detroit's not drafting a quarterback. But now the Lions have a backup quarterback on their roster. After cutting Chase Daniel, it was just Jared Goff and David Blau. And we didn't know what the new regime thought of David Blau. So I wanted Detroit to address this after the, after the draft. And I think it would just made more sense, you know, create some more conspiracy around the league and maybe let teams think otherwise because, you know, maybe you're trying to develop a guy. I mean, regardless of what happens, I don't think this affects any decision. And I don't know if it really affects any decision of team, you know, processing of teams thinking that, you know, they're going to now not draft the quarterback after signing Tim Boyle. But it seems like they got their backup quarterback, at least for 2021 now, even if they do or do not draft the quarterback. So, so. wait. Wait, David Blau is still on the team, so right now they have three quarterbacks on the roster. They do have three rosters. They have three quarterbacks oh, on the roster. Lord. So we have Goff, Tim. Boyle, and Blau. Oh, <laughs> Tim Boyle? Well, this is a one-year deal. It's not. No Chase Daniel three-year deal. <laughs> oh, okay. God. Well, that caught me off a little. Okay. That caught, uh, me, that caught me way off guard, man. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. Mid five. Tim Boyle, like I'm trying to remember his game. Like so I'm trying to, like right now I'm trying to go into my 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 vault, like my archives of like preseason. When do I remember <laughs> seeing this guy play? Tim Boyle. I can only like remember training camp highlights of him. Not even highlights of like just him messing around the sideline with like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Is he like a solid backup? Like, if, if something, all right, say we don't sign a quarterback, and is uh, something well, happens to golf? This is, this is their signed quarterback. This is their backup quarterback. So let me get this straight: if something happens to golf, does this guy come in and win you a game? No, <laughs> <laughs> not in this situation either. I don't even with the situation in Green Bay, but not in this situation. Oh lord! <laughs> uh, I mean, I. From what it looks like, it's not much guaranteed money, so this is definitely a, a cuttable contract. So this is definitely not a guy that definitely makes a team out of the roster, uh, out of camp, I should say. So this is there's not much. There's only one point five million dollars guaranteed in this contract, so this is a very cuttable contract. Yeah, very cuttable. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he definitely wins the backup spot. But I think he's now in the competition for the backup spot. But there we go. We got some breaking news on the pod. Do you have anything additional add on Tim Boyle? Um, I don't know. I don't know how did I even how did I even make breaking news? Is this just because it just happened just now? <laughs> just Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle <laughs> making the roster is not nothing breaking. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's not even making the roster. It's just him getting signed by the roster. He could be just he can be cut signed. For the, for the might get start. cut tomorrow. Might get cut tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about tomorrow, but <laughs> um, I mean that'll be funny. So, oh, sorry, you signed the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> we met the we met the for Jordan Love on the Packers. Yeah, they said we were gonna give it the backup, but we didn't know it was you. We thought it was Jordan Love. Love. We we watched the wrong film. <laughs> we said we need we wanted number ten, man. We are yeah, number eight. <laughs> number eight. Okay. Wow. So, Tim Blue. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, let's go back into um, the, the Jamal Williams and oh, yeah. carry on. Yeah, so yeah, like I said, I... I I expected this. I didn't expect Kieran to be RB2. I know you had a bit of a different perspective, and you kind of wanted to see Kieran be the RB2, and you thought he still had some juice to be the RB2. So, you know, what, what's your head at? Are you okay with Jamal Williams coming to the building? Or? I'm, I'm okay with him, man, and I don't mind the competition because, like like you said, you can't really trust Kieran. You can't really trust him, and I get it. You can't trust him. So you have to bring in some kind of assurance to say, okay, look, if you don't get it done, he's, he's the guy. Yeah. But – I honestly feel like if carry on can actually just go into the vault and just be the carry on from that rookie year carry on. And if he could just get to that game where he could have that confidence where he's making guys miss and just, you know, showing it that explosion that when he gets the ball, I think he's a better running back when he's, when he's healthy and then he's able to run the ball. He's a better running back than Jamal Williams. Just... I think, I think carry on is a, he, he could do it all. He's a he's like a power back, receiving back. He could do it all. I mean, carry on, prove that he could be a, all type of back. So we'll we'll see. Again, he's just a guy that you just need you need him to be productive on the field. So we'll see. Yeah, I I, I can't trust carry on to be in that role anymore. I just can't. I, I have it just seemed like the injuries have caught up to him, and I I can't put carry on that role. So I see why Brad Holmes and goes out and signs a running back to, you know. Uh, a decent contract for running back, so um, I, I understand completely. But let's get into the other news, and this was a big news happened about like 15 minutes right after that Jamal Williams move, and yes. the Lions the Lions go out and trade for somebody, and you're saying, oh, a trade, Matthew Stafford, right? It's official now. What? Well, yeah, it is official now, but no, that's not the trade I'm talking about. Um, it is with the Rams, but it's not the Stafford deal. So the Lions go out and trade for defensive lineman Michael Brockers. Um, they traded a 2023 seventh-round pick to get Michael Brockers in the room. I'm going to start off with you, Malcolm. What's your thoughts on you know bringing Brockers in? Steal. That is a absolute robbery. I'm talking about you have the scully, the black scully. You pull it down to your face. You're like, yo, give me your give me your defensive tackle right now, like with the gun. Like that's what they did, like to the Rams right now. That was complete robbery. Um, they 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 hustled them. I, if I was a Rams fan, I would be pissed. That we let Brockers go for a seventh round pick. They pretty much just said, uh, you go, you have it for nothing. Well, this was the situation where obviously they're accumulating Matthew Stafford now, and you know, they just re-signed Leonard Floyd. They're in a situation where they have zero cap now, and they had to create some type of cap, you know, some type of cap because they have zero cap. They I mean you have to support the draft class that's coming in, even though they don't really have much picks, but they still have to support the draft class and all these contracts they brought in. So they had to free up the cap some way or another, and they thought, you know, 30-year-old Michael Brockers was the move with the current salary he was making. So, that, I mean, that's I think that's from the Rams' perspective why they did it. It was more of a, a cap dump than anything. I don't think it was more of that they thought Brockers is a bad player. It's just that they kind of had to do it. They had to choose somebody that, you know, we can't have on this roster anymore because we have to find a way to create cap and, you know, support these contracts that we're bringing in. We're bringing in staff. We're, we re-signed Leonard Floyd for $16 million a year. We have to wait. We have to find ways to support that. And Michael Brockers was just the odd man out of it, basically, from the Rams. But do you honestly think like that was like the best deal they could have got? Like the best, absolute best deal any team would offer is a seventh round pick. I think they could at least, you know, got a fifth. Um, no, because the the reason is because teams know this. Teams know that the Rams are desperate right now. And you have to capitalize on their desperate desperate needs of needing to get rid of Michael Brockers. I mean, how many teams are going to really start a bidding war for Michael Brockers? He's a fine player, but like, is it worth a bidding war where you're going to start giving up nice compensatory picks for Michael Brockers? I don't think so, right? I mean, not really. But if I was like the Rams, I would have hit up a team that needs a defensive tackle and say, "Hey, um, I have Michael Brockers here. You want to? Do you want him?" <laughs> and then I'll do it that way instead of trying to like do a bidding war, but. Seven round pick. I mean, that's like that's like giving that's like just letting them go. It's basically releasing him. It's not even a 2021, not even 2022 seven round pick. It's a 2023. 2023. <laughs> 2023. They ain't gonna see that thing for three years. 
That's time. crazy. And, and and knowing Les Snead and his staff, it's most likely going to be traded too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, shoot. More power to Detroit, man. I mean, do you, how, how do you feel about this? Because I know he's going to be a leader in the locker room. Do you see him as like a stable point? Like he's going to be a force. Like is he going? Is he making this D line better than we had last year? Is he an upgrade from Danny Shelton and um, I think he's Nick up- Williams. I, I think he's definitely an upgrade between both those guys. But when we bring an upgrade to the last two years of the Lions defensive lines compared to what is expected to come, it's not really saying much. It's like you know, telling it's like comparing a two-year-old kid and comparing a twelve-year-old kid. Has his English gotten better in the last ten years? Like, like, yeah, definitely it's gotten better in the last 10 years. You could speak better, right? Mm. <laughs> like, that's what it is when you compare the Lions' defensive line and you compare, you know, the Lions' defensive line going forward. It's like how much better or how much – you can't get much worse. It's like rock, rock bottom. So, like, when I say improvement, you take it with a grain of salt. How much of improvement? It's going to be improvement, I think, because, like I said, that's rock bottom. But, you know, why I think Brad Holmes goes out in this market, you know, regardless of the, the draft compensatory pick that he gave up, I think he looks at Michael Brockers at his current age and just the player that he is and the leader he is. And we need this guy. You know, we're starting a brand new rebuild. We're bringing a, a new scheme in here. I need a guy that I am familiar with. And I know people are going to bring up the Patriot way. They did this all the time. This is different because if, if Brad Holmes continues to only get Rams players, then I'll, continue, I'll agree with you. But when we're talking about you know, one or two players, that's different. You need to get familiar faces that know the system, and that's what Michael Brockers is. This guy was a captain for the last, I don't know how many years he was a captain for the Rams, but he has been a captain. He's a veteran. This is something that, you know, the Lions needed, especially with this defensive line, because, you know, this defensive line, I mean, you got Romeo now. He's he's one of your staples. But then other than that, I mean, Trey Flowers is not a long-term answer, and we don't know how, you know, what his future in Detroit is after this year. After that, you got a bunch of young guys, you know, Penasini, uh, Nick Williams is not young, but he's just a free agent pickup, and he's not even a, a Brad Holmes guy. And then after that, who else you got? Austin Bryant, Aquara. Like, these guys are all young, so you needed to bring a guy that's a staple and a guy that's established and a guy that knows the system, and that's exactly what Michael Brockers is. Now, for Michael Brockers, you're getting a guy that he's going to be here for the next two years at the very least, and I think you're going to try to build something kind of around him like he's not going to be your staple on this defense but he's a guy that could be a nice rotational piece he's going to be starting for you and this could be a a guy that potentially even after the contract maybe Detroit could work out a new deal with them and saying hey we'll keep you here for a couple more years and I know some people think this is just a short short term deal and it could be a short term deal but this could be a longer term deal than we think because I think Michael Brockers is one of those guys is just a proven captain and maybe one of those guys you just want in your locker room year in and year out and Detroit might be willing to do that and from what I've seen it was a I believe on Pro Football Talk saying that Brad Holmes and Michael Brockers are actually going to work out a new deal so he's going to get something out of this coming to Detroit and we're not just going to waste his career basically is that they're going to you know look at it they're going to say we value and we're gonna we're gonna give you a new contract, and we want you to be this guy. You're my guy. I want you to be a captain, and I want you to take over this defensive line and you know be that alpha leader. You're the leader now, and you know, and your play will obviously produce as well. And I think that's what they view as Michael Brockers. That's interesting, man. So you're willing to pay him after he's 33 and just roll it. So my my I mean my thought process is like when I say you might bring him back. I'm talking about like maybe like one of those like veteran deals where he's just here as a rotational piece and he's just kind of that leader. You know, because like I said, 2023 is the year I expect the Lions to start competing. That's what the year I'm going to start setting expectations for the team for yeah, Brad Holmes the, and Dan. That's the, year, that's the year we hope. That's the year where you start ex- starting making expectations for the season and not just say this is a tank year or a draft year. No, 2023 is definitely the year where Brad Holmes and Campbell will have their time to, you know, build a roster. And that's the year where you should start setting expectations for the team. And at that point, is Michael Brockers part of that? You know, is Michael Michael Brockers going to be part of that? And that's possible. If I mean, if he's the captain and you can get him on a cheap deal, you know, and he looks at Detroit maybe as a, as a riser potentially, why not keep him, right? And if he's still producing, right? Yeah. He still doesn't have to be I, I hear you. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be a starter. Yeah, I, I hear you. So I hear I, I, you. this is, I think, Brad Holmes just going out. I'm getting my guy. I'm getting a staple for the next at least two years, and we'll see what that is. Because, he, you know, Brad Holmes needs his guys at the end of the day. He needs some leaders on this team because you're accumulating almost a brand-new locker room. I mean, the Patriot purge is real. I mean, all, this whole past regime, it's a new era in Detroit. Stafford gone. Marvin Jones gone. Kenny Gowdy looked like he's gone. Jamal Agnew gone. I mean, that's four receivers right there. Danny Amendola gone. That's four receivers right there. Um, and then the defense as well. You, you're accumulating a lot of new talent. So this was a guy that, you know, is familiar with the system. And you're getting a staple now that's going to be here for the least next two years. And he's going to be your new captain. He's the guy you put a seat patch on the jerseys if the Lions decide to do that. I don't know if they will. But he's the guy, you you know, you give that seat patch to. He's a leader. And that's exactly what Detroit needs right now, especially – you know, they're lacking a lot of that right now because we'll get into it because they lost some guys that were those guys before. And, you know, now they got one of them back, basically. That, that's interesting because Brad Holmes actually went out and got his leader on offense and his leader on defense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Me so too. we'll see. Signed Terrell Williams and then, you know, on defensive side of the ball or golf or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, golf. Yeah. And then that's a golf. Yeah, and then on the defense side of the ball, yeah, got Michael Brockers. And th- those are both guys, too, are on two years contract. But bringing mm-hmm. that up, a uh, bit awkward. Uh, Brockers, when the Rams traded for Stafford, was mm. saying, uh, <laughs> you know, getting Stafford's going to, like, elevate our team and we're just a better team now or something like that. So that's a bit awkward. <laughs> it is awkward, but, I mean, he was answering it, he was answering it honestly. I mean, this, it, it is what it is. Stafford's an upgrade from golf. If I was on a team and we had golf and then now we're getting Stafford, I'll say the same shit. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, man. I wonder his, how, how his reaction was when he realized he was coming to Detroit. Do you feel like, like do you think he was like, all right, uh, business as usual, I'm just going to come to Detroit? Or what he was like, yo, what the fuck? I'm going from a Super Bowl contention team that we we're missing a quarterback away. And now we have that guy and. No, nah, I'm going. I'm coming here. Like I don't have Aaron Donald no more. Like, yeah. like who? Like where is my Aaron Donald? This is not. I've never seen some shit like this before. He's probably gonna come and be like, yo, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. No, I, I think initial reactions are definitely like that. Probably it's like, wow, I just went from a team that is expecting to compete for a Lombardi Trophy this year now to a team that is recreating and ho- and hopes of that in a couple of years. I yeah. mean. And it sucks, but I think he'll embrace the role at the end of the day. I think he's going to embrace his captain role, you know, once he actually starts to meet the guys and once he gets to the locker room. Because I think, I think Brad Holmes has a respect for him, and that's why the reason why he made this move. Because I, I don't think Brad Holmes would bring him in knowing that he wouldn't be happy in the situation. So I think Brad Holmes has to know something that he's going to embrace this role, and he's going to embrace being a captain wherever he is. I think he has to know Brockers as a guy personally, and that's why he did the move. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm I'm sure you heard Snack say the same shit. Um, Snacks pretty much said the same thing that when he found out he was being traded, like he was like, "Yo, wait, 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 do I have to come to Detroit?" Like, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, he he didn't want to come here, but he embraced um, it too a little bit. He, you know, he, first embr- year. He, he embraced it. I mean, he had to show it. He had to yeah. kind of like show that you know that he's here. So he's gonna put his work in, but he did not want to come here either, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I think at that time too, a little different situation that. It is almost a similar switch because that was Patricia's first year as well. So he was kind of, you know, building his culture and establishing his culture. So he wants to kind of bring in his guys. So I guess it is kind of similar to a certain degree. But I think, you know, also Patricia kind of had a bad a bad look around the league because at that time that was that was midway through the season. And then, you know, we had some guys that were just obviously not happy. And we've heard some vocal guys about it. So I think that might have been a little different. But, you know, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell haven't even, you know, Dan Campbell hasn't been a coach for one game yet. So, uh, yeah, obviously, outside I mean, of answering duty. Yeah, they're doing a good job because I'm not sure what they're doing because Jamal Williams said in an interview that's like, this is before he was a free agent. It's before, this is when he was a free agent. And yeah. they were saying, like, what teams he was looking for. And you're saying teams that's, you know, teams that, that are free, you know, teams that's going to, they have structure and stuff like that. And he ended up coming here. <laughs> yeah. He ended up picking Detroit. So, they had to be doing something right for him to want to, come to he he wanted to come to Detroit. So that that that's cool, man. I you know I'm down with anybody that wants to come here. Maybe it was a biting the kneecap speech. Yeah. <laughs> like Dan Campbell. 
I mean, honestly, I'm I'm really digging what this new regime is doing. I don't want to like fall like and fall bait, and then like if they, if it messes up and someone's gonna bring this up. But I, I honestly really like what Brad Holmes and and his staff is doing. I think they're really building a nice culture here. And I want to like harp on it one more time. If you just are expecting something in 2021, like I wouldn't have those expectations. But I think this is something that Detroit's really never done, and it's kind of fully rebuild. It's fully blow it up, and let's do this the right way because. You look at years previous, Detroit's always tried to kind of half-ass it and always try to put a product on the field where the fans can be proud of. I don't think the fans are going to be very proud of this 2021 project, and that's fine. And they're embracing it finally. I think Sheila and Holmes and Wood and Spielman and everyone that's in office, I think they're finally embracing it. we got to stop doing this this half-ass way. we got to stop trying to bring in guys on these one-year fixes and you know two-year fixes and, and free agency or whatever. Let's just blow this up. Let's get a bunch of draft picks and let's build it our way. Let's build it from scratch because, like we said, these cookies are burned right now, and it's time to bring in a new recipe and bring in new guys. And that's exactly what Brad Holmes is doing. So I, I'm all for it. They're embracing the rebuild finally. Man, talk totally. about cookies still. You still talk about these goddamn cookies. I love cookies. <laughs> oh man! So just real quick, out of all these signings, which one is your favorite? Which one is your least? Favorite pickup from this? I mean, from, I guess we'll, we'll start off so with the far. least. I mean, Tim Tim Boyle. I mean, the good stuff we just broke down right now. I mean, oh, shit, Tim Boyle. <laughs> I mean, that's you know whatever. And you're breaking my... news. You're, you're breaking news. I want anybody, everybody that's like, <laughs> I want everybody to know this is Tyler. That was Tyler's breaking news that he wanted to put everybody know right away. <laughs> that was Tyler's breaking news. Okay, so he was your least favorite signing, and that happened minutes ago. <laughs> Yep. Interesting. All right, go on to your favorite. My favorite move, I mean, Romeo Aquara. I think Romeo Aquara. I mean, once sealing him up, that really did it for me this offseason. I mean, not the offseason, this free agency class. That was the one guy I really wanted to see him bring back and see what they could do with him because he had a really successful 20, uh, 20 season. So I'm excited to see what he could do in the future. And I'm excited it's in Detroit now. You know, he's still young. He's only 25 years old. I think he's one of the best defensive ends in the market right now. And I think we got him at a pretty good price. So I'm excited he's here for the next three years. So I'd say Romeo Cora was my favorite deal out of the signings. And, an- and another underrated one, I'm not going to say it's my favorite one, but we'd even mention it, that the Lions brought back Jalen Reeves maybe. And I'm kind of interested now because he's always one of those guys that's just having a chippy offseason, a chippy f- training camp, always making plays, but never got the opportunity. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to see what Aaron Glenn and his staff could do with him because they brought him back on a one-year deal, guaranteed money. So he, it basically confirmed he's going to be on the roster for 2021. I'm interested what the role is for Jalen Reeves maybe because the money they gave him, not big-time money, but it's not special teams money. This is money that I feel like they have a role for him on defense. So I'm intrigued because Dylan Reeves may have been still a young player, only his fifth year in the league. So I'm interested to see what they could do with him. And maybe he could be one of those long-term pieces. It's a stretch, but I'm interested to see how it turns out. What about you? Mel? You just took, you actually took my dark horse um, best signing Maven? Off the board, it was Jay, it was, was Jalen Reeves Maven. I like Maven um, because yeah, I, I like him too. He's a guy who I feel like always brings something to the table. Always like during training camp and preseason, always the top linebacker on the on, as far as production during training camp and during preseason. But during the regular season, never gets any opportunities. Yeah, so. Uh, it, just, it just shocks me that he never gets because he's pro- he's probably one of the most athletic linebackers we have on our team. But he doesn't he doesn't get an opportunity. I don't I don't get why it is. He's good in coverage. Um, we see it in preseason games where he gets interceptions. He's not a bad tackler. I, I haven't seen like where you miss a bunch of tackles. But then again, I haven't seen him play a regular season game much. Um, so he's a guy who I'm really interested to see how they're planning on using him. Is he going to be, you know, the middle linebacker? You know, is he going to be the Mike? Is he going to be a Jack? I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to use him. So I, I'm actually interested to see how they're going to use him and where they're going to use him. And my least favorite signing is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boyle. Yeah, Tim Boyle. Uh, that, that that just confused me. Like, you, you cut Chase Daniels. And I, I understand it was for the money because – but they're, they're like the same goddamn quarterback. They just, they just brought a guy like almost the – 
not as much. Probably, probably, but... probably worse. He's probably yeah. worse than Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels probably, probably better. He's probably a better quarterback. Chase, Daniels, Chase and that's not saying much because Chase Daniels Chase not Daniels better. Than... A scammer. He's a big scammer. <laughs> he's, not, he's not better than a lot of quarterbacks. There's only very few that he's better than, and Tim Boyle is one of them. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> there's only a handful. It's probably like maybe five or six quarterbacks that I could probably say that. Yeah, Chase Daniels better. Yeah, Chase Daniels better than this guy. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle is one of those guys. <laughs> it, it just shocks me that we went that route to get this guy as a backup. So now I'm looking at the season like, okay, if something happens to golf, and they don't say they don't draft a quarterback, and Tim Boyle was the guy. <laughs> Tim Boyle is gonna go in the game. That's that's not scary to you. That's very scary. <laughs> like, oh shit! In comes Tim Boyle. Oh, oh man, that's I, not good. I could just see our pods if Tim Boyle ever has the game in NFL oh season. My Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. His, like you said, his, his contract is very cuttable. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that turns I'm around. they even guaranteed him that much money. I mean, I know it's cuttable, but $1.5 million guaranteed is still even a bit much that I expected for Boyle. I'll take my hat off to his, his agent or whoever got that call. Whoever did it, man, yeah. Is Tim Boyle coming the next scammer? Is Tim Boyle coming the next scammer in the NFL? He got $1 million to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Has he ever had a start? No, I don't know if he's ever had a snap, like, in a game. Like, an NFL game. Like, an NFL regular season game. Oh, God. Like, I, I can't even remember one memory. Because, like, obviously they had Rodgers. And then before that, it was, like, Hundley. And the Jason Kaiser, like I don't remember Tim Boyle ever getting an opportunity. Never. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to remember. Like what? I'm trying to remember his game. Like, does he have an arm? Does see? I just can't think of nothing. Like, I can't tell you really much of an attribute that Tim Boyle brings outside of maybe veteran leadership. But like, I can't tell you like something on the field. We have to. We have to YouTube. We have to YouTube this guy. I mean, what YouTube is on there on them? <laughs> Probably college. I mean, something. I just want to see. Does he have an arm? Does get? Does he, can he scramble? Can what can he do? I know he's, he's a little bigger, a little you know, bigger body. So I I, I don't know. Um, I okay. Don't know. I want to talk about very quickly though before we end the pod. And I want to talk about some guys that are leaving the Lions. Some of the guys were expected, but there were some, I guess, unexpected moves. So Agnew gone. I think a bit of a surprise. Got a little. He got a nice little payday in Jacksonville. Uh, Marvin Jones also joining him in Duval and Jacksonville. I don't think that was a surprise at all. We've talked about that. But the one I want to talk about a little bit, and I want to hear your perspective. There's two of them, actually, I want to talk, hear your perspective on. And this is a guy I know you want to bring back, and that's Jared Davis. He he signed a one-year, $7 million contract with the New York Jets. What's your thoughts on that and not bringing him back? Um, I, I have a feeling that Robert Salah is going to get the best out of Jared Davis. And I just want to say, you know, congrats for JD for getting that contract. Go ball out. I was hoping that we could bring him back. He's one of the guys who I always said he has the stuff you can't teach. He has all the tools that you can't teach. He has the speed. He has the motor. All that stuff you can't teach, Jared Davis has. Leadership as well. Leadership. Yeah, definitely. Leadership is another one. But he, he, he's missing something. I'm not sure if he's thinking too hard. Or maybe, I think when you're when you're thinking, like, say if he's in a scheme that he's not 100% comfortable with, and maybe he's thinking too hard, and that's why he's not executing the basic techniques as far as tackling, maybe that's it. I don't know. But looking at JD, he's a guy, I believe his rookie year had 100 tackles in, in Detroit. So you just need to get back to the basics. And I think Robert Salah is going to get that get that t- from him and make him, you know, maybe go back to the basics and just have fun. And if he's doing that, he's going to – I think he still could be a hell of a linebacker. Okay, so I was going to ask that question for you. So you get J.D., let's say, on a one-year deal. Let's say you send him to that contract that the Jets gave yeah. Let's say one-year, $7 million. I'm assuming you've been uncomfortable with that. So the Lions gave him on that contract. You still, J- you still think J.D. has the potential to be a staple on, a de- on this defense potentially? Not a guarantee, obviously, but like he has the potential to be that guy potentially. Still, he, he can because he has the tools that you can't teach. He can't teach speed. Can't teach the the, the motor. You can't teach any of that stuff. Those are stuff that you just got to be, 
it just got to be installed in, you know, you got to be born with it. And and he has that. So it's just the, the fundamental stuff. And you got to get him to not think as much and have everything come naturally and have him go back to the basics of just wrapping up and tackling, wrapping up and tackling. Now, as far as a coverage guy, I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. He wasn't that guy in college. He's, he was never that guy that's going to, you know, chase or chase a running back all over the field or chase a tight end all over the field. He's not that guy. If you want him to cover somebody, you're not going to get that guy. But if you want a guy that's going to, you know, stop the run and and, and and shoot the gaps, you're going to get JD. And JD's could definitely do that for you. And I'm telling you, Robert Salah is going to get – Robert, I think him and Robert Salah is, going to, is, is, is a – is a good match. Is a, is a good marriage. I, I will say. I think they're gonna. He's gonna get the best out of JD. I think if everybody anyone, could get. If, if, if anyone could do it, I think it's him. It's, it's Robert Salah. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I had a little vice versa perspective on that. I was never a big JD guy, especially as of late. Uh, I just, like I told you, I, I don't see much of a future in this guy, and I didn't really look at him as a staple. So I wasn't really disappointed with the move. Um, I just don't know, man. JD just doesn't do the simple things for me. He doesn't do the simple techniques of football. You know, you mentioned the speed, the motor, and he has all those attributes. And like you said, you can't teach those attributes. But at the end of the day, you still got to be a football player. And he just lacks the football player skill set. And that's, you know, he obviously will never be a coverage guy. But then sometimes he does the most stupid things on the field, like shooting up a gap when he doesn't need to shoot up the gap. Just stay patient, take your tackle, take take the two-yard gain instead of, you know, making the 75-yard gain. And, and, you know, maybe that could be fixed. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like he just overdoes things. He always tries to be a superhero out there. Like, sometimes he just needs to know his role, be the middle linebacker, you know, be patient. He's always on edge. He's always from 0 to 100. Always wants to make that big play, just jumping everywhere, running everywhere, like, that's why I just he lacks the simple like football techniques, and that's why I didn't really see much of a future with JD. That's why I see why Brad Holmes kind of just said like you know go take your you know go take a contract somewhere else, and you can go try to earn that somewhere else because I don't think we have a future here with you. And I think that's exactly why they did it. I I just don't I don't know, man. If anyone could do it, like you said, I think it's Robert Sala. So I'm I'm interested to see that, but I still don't really see much of a, a football future and like much of a big career for Jared Davis. Honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think Robert Salah's good because I, I don't think Robert Salah has his his running backs pretty much in coverage one on one with with running backs and shit. Like, no, no, he's not gonna put him in coverage. He's gonna make him like he, a he's gonna let him play sideline to sideline, maybe rush the quarterback. Exactly, that's I think that's, they, that, that's what you need JD to do. You don't you don't need him chasing no no running back or shadowing a running back. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want if you want to put him in QB spies from here to there, you could do that because he does a phenomenal job of doing that. I mean, he held a lot of. We of our scrambling quarterbacks that we played in the, played in the past, he held a lot of them in check. Yeah, so he's definitely good at at spying on the quarterback, and um, he's also good at. <laughs> what is he good at? Yeah, <laughs> like really... he has, he has a, uh, his motor. I mean, I, I love it. That's what the one thing I love about JD is his motor. You know, so I, I I see what you're saying. You're you're betting on the upside, and that Salah Sal could get that upside out of him. I just he definitely I, will because he's not thinking. He's not, as much, I think. I think with Patricia and Patricia's scheme, just had him thinking too much, had him thinking know. too much, and that, and that probably, you know, that's when you're thinking too much on the field. You know, everything is happening extremely fast. Rookies, they think too hard, and, and that's what that's what have them go through rookie wall. But JD's going that going through that late, and it's because of, I think it's because of Matt Patricia. So we'll, we'll we'll see. Now he doesn't have Matt Patricia. This is pretty much like his prove it year. See if he belongs in the league, so so we'll see. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I wouldn't have mind if the Lions brought him back on that one-year deal. Like that would have. I mean, it's a one-year, seven million-dollar contract, prove it deal. See what you could do. It wouldn't have bothered me, but I'm completely fine with moving on from Davis and letting him do it somewhere else. Honestly, because I didn't really see much of a future here with him, and it would have just been a prove it deal. See what you could do. But regardless, I am not really kicking rocks or kick, punching the ear over losing Jared Davis. I, I didn't. I didn't see, like I said, I don't think he's a very good football player, not to be rude, but. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, let me ask you a question. Fridge, real quick, because I know we're taking a lot of time. Is there any yeah. other, is there a solid name in, in the free agency class I could kind of take his role, or, or now are we looking at a draft? If anything, I think we have that guy. We brought him back. I thought Jalen Reese Maven could be a better version of Jared Davis than ever was, like okay. in Detroit. So I think we brought him back, honestly. So, okay. 
So you think it's him? So you think it's, it's Jalen? If if it is going to be anybody, I think it's Maven. That's interesting. Okay, we'll see. And we'll then, definitely see. Obviously, out of all the other free agents, the Lions lost Marvin. We expected that. Not much of a shock there. Agnew, I think now you got to void at the the returner spot. I think they'll address that very soon, and we might have another pod or but talking about that or one of our locker room sessions. We'll be talking about that. <clears throat> Keelan Cole. So uh, we'll see. And then, because the Lions have an open spot at the return spot now. No Ty Johnson anymore either, so, you know, open return spot. Maybe Waddle? No. Waddle, 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 put, Waddle? If you drafted Jalen Waddle, would you even put him in that situation, though? To, as a kick like returner? A, like a punt returner? I wouldn't put him in that situation. Year one, year one, because I, I'm not going to... I'll treat the, I'll treat him like Kansas City treated Tyreek Hill. Okay, that's fair. Like 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 Tyreek Hill, you know Tyreek Hill first year he was a Pro Bowler as a kick returner. He wasn't even much much known as a receiver. So yeah. that's I'll fair. probably do I'll probably do the same thing. But yeah, we'll, I don't even know if Detroit even gets. I, I don't even know. Right now we'll pick seven, and I'm so damn lost and confused. I, I don't if, know what they're going. If, with if they sit if they sit at pick seven, we'll see. So. Um, Matt Prater. Yeah, that was, the, I was actually going to bring the other guy. That was the other guy I was going to bring up. Is, what's your thoughts on losing Prater? To be honest, man, he was complete complete garbage last year. He was yeah, like, I want to say complete. Yeah, I want to say complete garbage. He was garbage he was, at moments, but he was clutch at moments too. All right, so let's just say this. All right. After week three, every time he lined up for a field goal, I had my eyes closed. Fair. I'll just say that. Yeah, I couldn't. Game. I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch. He won you two games off his like two game winners, football yeah, team game, and then, um the Cardinals game. Yeah, he did. But there's a lot of games like he'll miss like thirty yard field goals. He'll miss extra points. He'll miss just kicks that he's supposed to make. And I'm not sure if it was bad snaps because he had a new snap, uh, a new holder. You know, he was used to um Sam Martin and holding all his kicks before. And now it's. Um, John, uh, what's it called Jack Fox? So I'm not sure if it was that or if he's just not there. I'm not sure, but he missed a lot of kicks last year. A lot of kicks that he was, they, I think, very makeable kicks. He missed a lot of makeable kicks. So I don't know. It's, it's scary because I think finding a kicker is, is harder than finding a quarterback because if you <laughs> don't have a kicker, bro, we went and the Lions fans, if you you know 2014. this, we've been, we been through this where we had, we're bringing kickers left and right because these guys were just, they just can't get right. Like none of these guys, every guy we brought in was just like not, not good. It cost so, us the division. Yeah, it did. I know, and I don't want to go through that phase. So this part, this, this is very scary. And I know we have a kicker. We have a kicker on the roster right now, right? Yeah, Matt, right, former Steeler. Former Steeler. Now, and now definitely he's not as good as Prater. But is he gonna? Is he the kicker of the future? Or are they gonna bring another guy in? Do you think you have think, like a kicking I, competition? I, I think it'll be like the punting competition last year, where they're gonna bring another guy in, and then they're gonna have a, a kicking competition, probably like a UDFA. And then it'll probably be like Matt Wright, kind of like last year. Remember, like Aaron Sipos was the UDFA guy, and then yeah. Jack Fox was like the guy they brought in last year. I think that's gonna yeah. be this year with the kickers. We'll see. I mean, hopefully we hit, hopefully we hit a lick like last year with Jack Fox. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be good. That'll that'll be real good. But man, this is kind of scary because uh, you don't want to hear those doinks. No. <laughs> hey, that guy's a free agent right now. If you want to bring him in, Cody Barkey. Oh, yeah. oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell no. Um, so that we'll, we'll see how they handle that. Uh, as far as Matt Prater, he has a lot of memories in Detroit. He does. I guess it, it does he go down as like one of the best kickers in Detroit or the best kicker? Do you put him ahead of Jason Hans? Jason Hans has played so long with Detroit. Yeah, I can't. I I, I mean I, I grew up more with Prater. Like I, I I watch more of Matt Prater than Jason Hansen, but I think Jason Han- Hansen, hands down, is the best kicker in Lions history. You know, borderline Hall of Famer potentially. Well, he, he could potentially be the Hall of Fame. So I think he's like number. Is he like number three in Lions scoring all time? <laughs> I know I mean, he's top five. Dude, I mean, he was really clutch for us. He was a very good kicker. But Matt Prater is definitely up there he, as well. I mean, you know, came in 2014. He was very, very clutch, and you know, he was big time. And you know, remember 2016, we were making those playoff runs and. When we got him in 2014, you know, when we just left that kicking misery after when we were, you know, we 
moved on when Hanson retired and we were trying to find kickers for years. It was two years, I believe, in 13 and 14. We had Nate Freeze. We had uh, Alex mm-hmm. Henry. Oh, my God, Alex Henry. Oh, Lord. So. Whenever we had Akers, he was all right. Yeah, David Akers, lefty, wasn't bad. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't bad. But, yeah, you are uh, you are now in a hole where you are trying to find a kicker. So that is never good, I would say. So we'll see how that goes. So now um, I think that's a wrap. You got anything else to add on this free agency, Malcolm? Um, I think we covered everybody, and I think that is it. Um, guys, stay tuned. I mean, shit, shit is flying by the minute. Yeah. I mean, as you've seen, you know, in the, during the pod, we, we signed Tim Doyle. Tim Boyle, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Tim Boyle. Doyle, Doyle Boyle, <laughs> whatever his damn name is, it's, we signed him. He's on our team. He's our backup quarterback. So things are happening by the minute. Um, We'll see how we'll see how things are, man. This is a full-on rebuild, guys. I mean, if you guys aren't already buckled in, you guys got to stay buckled in or get buckled up right now because this is a full-on rebuild in Detroit right now. Yeah, full-blown. I mean, I, and I know we talked about this. Um, what's his name? Taylor Decker is the oldest player now on our team. Yeah, the, that is crazy. The long, the the the. the uh, when I say oldest player, I mean longest tender. The lion. oldest, longest lion on the team, which is insane. Everybody before. Taylor Decker is gone. Just know the player. Which I am scared because you know who is a free agent and who would have that role right now, which is and, still possible to bring him back. But death, taxes, and Mulbog. Right now, I mean, they cancel tax season because I'm getting concerned because Mulbog is not on the roster right now. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he retired. Maybe he calls it quits. He does, maybe he doesn't want to go through this shit. Don't make me cry. I already cried after. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Stafford. The Matthew Stafford video is already enough for me. Now you want to bring a Don Mulbach tribute videos this year? Like I can only, I'm, I can only accumulate saying, so much. Does he want? Does he want to go through another? I mean, I know he's just a long sniper, but shit, I know he wants to win. Like I'd rather take heartbreak. I'd rather get rejected multiple times from multiple girls than losing Don Mulbach. Don Mulbach is my life. We'll see. We'll see if he comes back. I don't know. I think I think retirement is coming, but we'll see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to that ceremony. If they have his retirement ceremony, I, I want to. I want to go to it. Wow. Ford Field should host a whole, full capacity, retirement ceremony for Don Mulbach for exactly what he did, and and retire his number. Forty eight should never be worn in Detroit ever again. Yeah. And then they're gonna throw what a tribute video of all his snaps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All the big snaps he had. Wow. So. With that being said, that is a wrap for this episode of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed our yearly free agency breakdown. And there's some more moves to come down. We did it a little early this year because usually we like to wait like about a week. But, you know, I think the Lions did a lot of stuff. And I think we expect some more stuff. So we might have a part two to this. But as of right now, this is the free agency recap. And if there are other significant moves, we will hop on a pod and talk about that. But... Um, with that being said, again, if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcast network you are listening to, it is very much appreciated. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, everybody. It's your boy Malcolm. And like Tyler said, a lot of things are happening. And I'm not sure if you know, but we've been rolling out these bonus episodes. And we want everybody that currently has an iPhone device to go to the Apple Store right now and download Locker Room. Because every week we are doing a live show on the Locker Room app. And we're, we're trying to get consistent. We're trying to do it every Friday. But if something happens, we may shift the day to a Saturday. But it's looking like every Friday we're going to do a live show. The listeners could hop on and ask questions. And that's where we're going to do a lot of our breaking news. And also a lot of probably more like when the re- regular season starts, we want to do we want to do like more like the, the final injury report and probably post game on the locker room as well. So definitely if you have if you have an apple device right now go to locker room down locker room and we're gonna have a live show for you um android users if you have an android like myself you just want to give it about a few weeks they are currently building the app right now for androids where all the android and samsung users could then jump jump on the locker room app but as of right now if you have an apple device download locker room join our live shows and be a part of our you're gonna see it on our episode our bonus episodes to be a part of our bonus episode definitely 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 tune into that and with that i'm out peace
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.